I asked my wife the other night how she defined leadership. You see, she and I are in similar positions. Uh, She works for Sonoma County Parks, and of course, I run my own agency. We're both in leadership positions, and the conversation was interesting. It took two paths. We each came at it from different directions. But in the end, we all kind of settled on the same thing, where leadership is about inspiration and motivation and making sure that the people that you have working for you are empowered to do what they need to do. So late last year, I had a conversation with Christine Mall from O'Neill Vintners about leadership. And she actually defines it as three things. Good leadership has the great ability to inspire, motivate, and mobilize. That it really kind of takes into consideration the individual rather than the role. So it's like people over task. There's no black and white. There's no formulas. It's very contextual. And as we look towards the next generation of leaders, it's important for us to realize that there are certain things that the upcoming generations value more than previous generations did. And by recognizing that, we're able to lead. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Christine Mall. On with the show. Welcome to Hit the Bottle Podcast, a show for beverage sales and marketing professionals looking to up their game and further their careers and businesses. Viewed through the lens of strategy, technology, and leadership, we explore everything from digital marketing, e-commerce, brand building, public relations, and much more. Each week, we chat with industry experts and leaders, explore practical applications, and discuss what's happening in our world. Our goal is to provide you with the insights and strategies you need to create successful marketing programs. Now it's time to hit the bottle. Our next guest on Hit the Bottle is an expert in brand building and marketing with over 18 years of experience on the spirit side of the beverage business. She currently serves as Vice President of Marketing at O'Neill Vintners and Distillers, the seventh largest winery in California. She is responsible for overseeing the core marketing strategy for all brands, including Line 39, Robert Hall, Dale Rosé, and Harkin. Prior to joining O'Neill Vintners and Distillers, Christine was the was with Campari America, where she was category manage, marketing director. During her tenure, she drove the growth of a complex portfolio of brands. Prior to that, she was with Bacardi USA, where her focus was the launch and growth of several spirits brands. I am super excited to chat with her today about leadership in the beverage business. So welcome to the show, Christine Mull. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Super glad that we could connect. So before we begin, would you share with the listeners how they might get in contact with you? Sure. The best way to contact me would be through LinkedIn. You can find me um, by 
searching for Christine Mall, last name M-O-L-L. You can also email me at christine.mall at O'Neillwine.com or my Twitter handle, which is at mall underscore CM. Great. So we're talking leadership today. Leadership is a term that is often thrown around, but not always understood. So what do you believe makes a great leader? You are so right, Mike. I think there's so many misconceptions around leadership. A lot of people think that, you know, because you're a manager or because you have direct reports or because sometimes, you know, you're in a position of authority, that means that you're a leader. And I think that, you know, kind of is what drives this, this, you know, misconception and using that word in so many different ways. To answer your question for me, uh, I believe what a great, a great leader is a person that do three things. And these are three broad concepts. And then we'll unpack those for you. Uh, these three things are, they are, they have a great ability to inspire, to motivate, and to mobilize people towards a common goal. So I'm packing those three things uh, for you. So on the inspire part of it, you know, a great leader is somebody that is able to paint a really compelling vision and purpose, uh, kind of guide people to, you know, clear goals and um, a common, you know, very clear picture of where we're heading. And then when you, when you go down to the motivate part of a great leader is really by focusing on being very clear on what those goals and expectations are, um, but also being able to understand really well, you know, who your, your team is, what really drives them and what motivates them and make sure that, that you're utilizing that knowledge to build these compelling objectives for, for the team and for the individual. And then last but not least, is mobilizing teams and people. And that is uh, making sure that you're focusing a lot on you know, what is the clear action and results that you're trying to drive and make sure that people are very clear on what that is. Okay, so um, I've often heard people say that you can't actually motivate people, that you can only demotivate people. So um, what, does it, what does it mean, you know, I, 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 love, I love the breakdown here that you've posed for us. So. I get the inspire and I get the mobilize. So like, give me some examples of how you might motivate. Sure. I think, you know, in my experience, the way that I have been successful at motivating people is by making sure that first and foremost, you understand what makes them tick, you know, how, how they operate, you know, what is, what are the things that they, that they look for in, uh, you know, a task or a role or from the leader and then be able to uh, drive them based on that. So most of the time, I, I think there's a lot of you know, confusion where leaders think that by being so prescriptive and directive is the way to motivate. And I have a different approach to that. For me, it's about the individual first. You know, what is it that makes them tick? And then tailoring you know, the, the actions, tailoring the assignments, tailoring their role based on uh, how they are. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges that we face in, you know, with leadership is there's no uh, black or white. There's no uh, formula. Um, it's very contextual and very tailored to the individual as well, especially in our industry where you know, our teams are relatively smaller than you would in traditional CPG companies. So you have a great opportunity as a leader to really get to know your team individually and the dynamics among uh, how they operate together. 
I couldn't agree more. You know, it, it really kind of comes down to, you know, what is a leader and what's a manager. And I think a lot of people, you know, have this kind of idea that they have to be in the business of the people who are working for them all the time. You know, they have to approve everything and that they, you know, need to um, comment on everything. But the fact is, is that, you know, that's actually pretty demotivating for a lot of employees. And for me, at least, it's a matter of, you know, instilling ownership in the people and giving them the responsibility to do it and then letting them go do their jobs. I agree a hundred percent with you, Mike. I, uh, for me, the way that I see my role is as a leader, my job is to remove any obstacle, um, that is in front of our team and then get out of the way. <laughs> and by, by those obstacles could mean many things. Obstacles could be things, as simple as capabilities or experience uh, or actual tools that they might need to do the job. So making sure that they are well-equipped and then empowering them. I think that's what you're alluding to. And I, I, I have seen it over and over. Um, the results when you empower people and you keep them excited and motivated are far greater. And, and you know, people really surprise you of what they can come up with. I think when, when people tend to micromanage, um, you really are uh, selling yourself short in your team. Uh, people have the ability to do great things when they are empowered and motivated. Mm -hmm. Agreed. So the bev beverage business is in a bit of transition right now. and We're starting to see um, more of the millennial generation actually enter into the workforce and into management roles. Um, so, you know, what are some of the steps that we all need to take to build that next set of leaders in the beverage business, do you think? Sure. The first thing I think we need to do is to make, is to know that things have changed. For all of us that grew up, you know, uh, in, the, in, in our careers, you know, 20 years ago uh, or, or so, things were very different. Uh, what was required of the job was very different. Uh, how much access to information we had was much different. The new generation of uh, leaders, I think, have an amazing opportunity these days uh, to uh, really thrive. And and first step for us is to acknowledge that and make sure that we are not trying to make this new generation of leaders behave and be like we did when we started in our careers. So that would be step one. Step two for me is we have a great opportunity as leaders to kind of take a seat back and listen. Listen to this new generation, uh, to their ideas. They definitely bring great perspectives. Um, you know, sometimes it might be a little bit uncomfortable that someone maybe 10, 15 years younger than you uh, may have a better solution than yours. I personally think that's incredible and I relish when that actually happens and I actually do empower my team to do that and, and come to me with better ways than, than what I can do. So, um, and, and the third one is making sure that uh, we are focusing on developing our, our next generation of leaders, but, help, but developing them on, based on skill, not just based on function or based on what, we, what they are required to do that moment in their current role, but think about what are the skills that that individual is going to need to take the next step or even two steps ahead in their own development. Yeah, it's, it's that um, old adage of, you know, using the right tool for the job. And that is that, you know, basically you want to make sure that the people that you're using are 
well adapted to whatever it is that their tasks are, but also developing them further into um, possibly other roles. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I use the backpack of skills analogy. Have you heard that before? No, I don't think I have. I mean, I don't remember exactly when was the first time that um, that I heard that analogy, but it, it stuck with me and I've had that with me ever since. And uh, I use it a lot now with my own team. And this analogy is, you know, you start your career with an empty backpack. And the whole goal as you go through your career is, is to start kind of putting in, you know, rocks in your backpack. And every rock is a new skill that you learn. And these skills are learned on the job, are learned by, you know, your mentors and coaches, are learned by other things you do even outside your, your immediate job. So, for example, things that you volunteer for or with. And as I'm, you know, building my, the development plans for my team, I always bring this analogy to them to say, okay, so now you have these rocks in your backpack. So we need to now fill your backpack with other types of rocks. Let's talk about what those rocks will be. And I use uh, a lot of skill-based um, development uh, tools in order to do that and ensure that, you know, for me as the leader, the fuller this backpack is for my team once they're done or as they continue to grow within the organization, uh, the better. So it's not just about the results. It's not just about the to-dos and the job, but it's about how much or how many of these skills um, are being developed and added to their backpack. I love that. I'm, I'm totally stealing that one. Maybe, as long as you give me credit for it. Of course. <laughs> so, um, so, what are some of the, so what are some of the current challenges and opportunities that, you know, for these new potential leaders, what, you know, what's out there for them right now? You know, I think one of the biggest challenges for the new generation, and I don't know if I'd call it a challenge as much as, you know, uh, maybe a challenge is, you know, they're very eager to, to, to get ahead and, and, and I think that um, what I encourage my team to do is just take it, take it step by step. You're going to get there. Uh, there is no, um, there's no formula to becoming a great leader. So just take your time to, to do that. But I like to focus more on uh, opportunities. I think, you know, nowadays people have a lot of opportunity to show leadership. Leadership doesn't just mean that you have direct reports. Um, or a big team, right? You can be a individual uh, contributor and still be a leader. You, you know, so my advice to, to my team and, and other people that I coach in the, in the uh, industry is take any possible opportunity you have to show leadership. And if leadership, going back to the three uh, sort of anchors that I gave you at the beginning of our chat of inspire, motivate, and mobilize, you can do that in many, in many opportunities they have through your, through your day-to-day -day or through your job or even outside the job. Uh, for example, uh, you can volunteer to take an initiative in the company where you have the opportunity to lead a cross-functional team. Let's say, you know, in the wine world, for example, it's a new product development and you, you know, uh, take that opportunity to get winemaking involved, operations, sales, marketing, you name it, and be able to hone in on that skill, even though you don't necessarily have a direct report. Another way that you can take opportunities to hone in on your leadership skills is to look outside of your, your job as well. Any, any 
opportunity for you to do volunteering work where you have a chance to uh, lead a team of volunteers and to a common goal or for an event or whatnot. And that allows you the opportunity to uh, make sure that you're honing in on um, all the, the skills and getting you comfortable with uh, making sure that you know how to bring a team together and deliver great results. I, uh, I really encourage a lot of leaders to be very proactive um, as well in, um, you know, within their own team. So while you might not be responsible for a specific brand, let's say in our industry or a specific role, uh, that does not mean that you shouldn't raise your hand and, and ask the volunteer to um, take on that initiative for the company, as long as, you know, going back to that backpack, right, it's something that's going to continue to help you bring additional skills into your backpack while also uh, driving results for the company that you're working with. Here's a message from our sponsor. Thinking back to when, when I started, um, out of college, you know, it was, it was a much different time. We talked about this earlier, you know, and frankly, I didn't get a whole lot of direction uh, from the baby boomers who were my, uh, who are my managers. So, um, you know, I'm kind of, you know, and, and, and there was this kind of feeling of, oh, you have to pay your dues before you can get to a leadership position, right? So I really think that's an antiquated um, look at things nowadays, but I think that there's still some of that lingering. So what, what you know, should today's C-suite executives recognize today in training the ne that next generation of, of leaders? Yeah, I mean, step one is we have to be okay and uh, in, in recognize, to use your words, that people and uh, it's it, everybody's different now the new generation is different uh this idea of uh paying your dues and i kind of chuckled because that's kind of how it was for me as well which was oh, great totally. uh, it, it, it was different different times for sure but i think again just recognizing that this, this is a different world and if we go back to uh you know the second anchor that i talked about uh, about uh motivation and if you really get to know your team and really engage with your team, both as a team and as individuals, um, you will be able to understand and have more clarity as to how to make sure you are uh, helping develop and grow the new generation of leaders. It's no longer you know, enough to just sit at the top and say, here is the five-year goal and here's what I expect from you guys. Good luck doesn't work that way anymore. And the more you engage with people and the more you get to know people, I think the better you will be to deliver these results. You know, at the end, it might be the same outcome, but you're, you have to go at it in a very different way than it was 25 years ago, for sure. Yeah, I, I equate it to throwing somebody into the deep end of the pool and see if they can swim. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, one of the biggest things, you know, that, that is now more than ever, and as, as we look at the millennials, and, and it seems like Gen Z even more so, making sure that you have a very clear purpose. You know, back 15 years ago, it was important to have your mission, vision, values, which is it's great, and I still think that it's something that's necessary to drive your organization. 
However, being a purposefully driven organization now trumps a lot of that. Um, so you start seeing companies like, you know, Patagonia, it's a company that people talk a lot about that lives its purpose through and through. And by doing that and being people first and being consumers, you know, first, they are able to deliver extraordinary results. So that's another change, I think, that especially for those at C-suites that have been around for a long time, uh, it's important that, um, you know, recognize that. And if you don't have a purpose yet in your organization, it might be a good opportunity or the time for you to look at that, that it's not just about financial results and volume or, or dollars, but it's about how you really are motivating these new uh, generation of leaders to something much more deeper and much more meaningful to them that will drive still extraordinary results for your company. Yeah. And we see that uh, a lot um, with consumer behavior nowadays and that, you know, people are voting with their dollars and they're, they're purchasing products from companies that do have that purpose and do have a, have a clear uh, vision for what they're, why they're even, even in existence. They're not just selling stuff They're They have a reason for being. Right. Now that's the new, you know, in, in, especially in the lifestyle business, which is what we do, right. In wine and Alcbev, it's a lifestyle it's always been more of an emotional connection with with consumers um, than not. And now, uh, more so than ever, people want to know more about just an image of a product or even a person, if it's, let's say, the winemaker. They really want to know what you stand for, what you believe in. And it's funny because, you know, this, this is on the consumer side as you're talking about it, but it's, the same goes for employees and our, the second tier of leaders for us. They're just the same people. <laughs> They're motivated by the same thing. So for us marketers, it's, I think we have a leg up because we are very good at uh, understanding, you know, what makes consumers tick, what motivates them, what's behind their purchasing decisions, how do we connect better with them. It's the same approach that you should take with your teams and, and other uh, leaders in the organization that you work with. Yeah. I mean, I, I always um, encourage my clients uh, as a communications agency to, to look at different, the different audiences that you have, you know, it's not just uh, a media audience or a consumer audience, but you also have um, your neighbors, you know, your community as well as your employees and all of those um, you need to be able to address each of them individually. Yes, it goes back to, you know, making sure that you can't, there's no cookie cutter approach to leadership or to marketing for that matter. You know, you really have to spend the time. (laughs) It would make things so much easier. Can you imagine? I don't know. I actually, I I actually enjoy, you know, that's for me, that's my, that's my favorite part of my job, which is why I wanted to do this podcast with you is, is, is leading people and developing people and seeing them thrive. Um, but it, yes, there's no cookie cutter. Every single one of my team members, for example, they're all very different and they're, you know, different things that make them move and tick and different strengths that they bring to the table. So you have to, you have to be able to tailor your style and your leadership uh, to each one of them. And then also as a whole, right? Um, Cause you're not just leaving one person at a time, you're leaving the team also. So yes, knowing your audience, you know, it's the marketing 101, right? Right. Exactly. Right. So, okay. So let's say that, you know, we've, we've conducted the training, you know, we've, we've instituted these skills, we've, you know, inspired and motivated and mobilized um, the next generation. So what does tomorrow's leader look like? Do you think let's look in the crystal ball? 
Well, so I think the first thing that you're going to see is a far more diverse group of leaders. I think you're going to see, or I hope that we're going to see a lot more females at the top, a lot more uh, uh, minorities, uh, Hispanics, Asians, African-Americans up there. So for sure, this is something that I, I get really excited about the future is that that diversity uh, will exist. And why that is important is because um, it gives you diversity of thought and perspective and diversity of ideas. So I think that's something to look forward to in the future. I think that uh, the leaders of tomorrow will inherently be more purpose-driven versus just pure financial-driven. As we talked about, that's something that the marketplace already is requiring, if you may, and so does you know, our employees and the future employees of these uh, future leaders. I think that um, you know, they're going to be in a great uh, time to, to lead with um, even, even uh, you know, teams that are uh, not necessarily in one, in one particular office or, or place. You know, we now, through technology, have the opportunity to connect with people wherever they are. And I think that's going to be really important for leaders to embrace and to acknowledge uh, that you know, we have an opportunity to do that and not be so uh, old school in thinking that everybody needs to be in the same place at the same time. That also will present some challenges, I think, for the future leaders because it's always easier to engage and connect with people when you are in the same space. So how how are they going to have to think about um, as their teams grow and they're not necessarily in the same physical place and how to continue to lead and manage and motivate and inspire? Yeah, agreed. You know, I'm definitely seeing the trend and we're actually taking advantage of it ourselves and in this idea of more of a distributed workforce or a virtual workforce. Uh, it's becoming more and more common and it makes a lot of economic inefficiency sense. So, um, okay. So as we wrap up here, uh, would you like to tell us a little bit about um, your role at uh, O'Neill Vintners and Distillers and about the company in general? Sure. Um, I joined O'Neill Vintners and Distillers about 15 months ago. Um, my role here, my focus uh, in, the, in the first year was to actually build the department and build the team. So uh, the main objective for us is to become more and more a consumer-driven organization. Uh, O'Neill primarily was a bulk uh, brandy and bulk wine business for many years, and we're very successful at that. So our next source of growth really is uh, the consumer-branded uh, business. So that's that's been what's been keeping me busy and making sure that uh, I bring. Uh, a lot of uh, leaders in, in my team. I, I like to hire for that. I like to make sure that I look for people that um, want to be leaders, want to become leaders um, in the organization, especially when you have a smaller team and you're in a smaller organization, having people that will come with that ambition and that proactiveness to drive for results is really important in our team. Um, and uh, last but not least, I also oversee all the uh, communications for not only our individual brands, but for the company as a whole as well. Very good. Well, th hey, thanks for being on the show today, Christine. It was a great conversation. I think we can actually talk forever on this topic, but um, we're out of time. So um, I just want to thank you for being on. Well, thanks so much for having me, Mike. 
This has been Hit the Bottle, a production of Balzac Communications and Marketing. You can find past episodes on our website at htbpodcast.com. Drop us a line on social at htbpodcast or send us an email to mike at htbpodcast.com or emma at htbpodcast.com. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. If you like this show, please rate and review in any of the mentioned platforms. Thank you for joining us. Have a great day.